0: Well, we're back at what we do best, bloody gruesome murder. Today we begin our series on John Wayne Gacy. We'll take a look at his upbringing where, surprise, surprise, he was abused as a child. We'll talk about how Gacy became known as a hard worker, built his own business, and even got involved in local politics. And then, of course, there's the dark side. We'll get into Gacy's early murders and the sick and sadistic ways he tortured and killed his victims. We'll also talk about how and where he hid the bodies. John Wayne Gacy is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of Necronomopod pieces of shit. I'm Mike.
1: I'm Ian. And I'm Dave.
2: If you thought Pennywise was scary, stick around. Hogo the Clown is the most terrifying of them all. This is Necronomopod. I think that he is proud of of what he has done. I think he's proud of
1: the title that he's got of of the largest mass murder in the history of the United States. It's sick, but I think that he's proud of it. I think he took out his sexual fantasies on these boys. He he accomplished his goal and then he murdered I'd right him for what he did to me and the others.
2: These people are talking about John Wayne Gacy. On the surface, the divorced stepfather of two seemed a solid citizen. He owned a successful construction business that he ran from his home in Cook
3: County, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago.
2: But the man who entertained neighborhood
0: children would soon become known as the Killer Clown. All right, we're starting this thing. Still recording. We're going.
2: (laughs) You're good. You're yeah. You fly free. No, fly free.
0: I, the show has already started at this point. Ian, you have kept this in. We've been laughing here off air about shit we've been talking about. <laughs> Stuff that we're not even going to repeat now that we're we're live. <laughs> we just got through six of the most hellacious weeks we have ever been through with this show. Talking about some of the most controversial things. And now, in the words of Michael Cole, WWE announcer, we're back to vintage Necronomapod. <laughs> we're going to get into some child abuse. Some (laughs) rape, some torture, some murder. This is like the best of the best, right?
2: Mike, the grade school years.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's the name of my my first autobiography. (laughs) So I guess before we dive into it, you guys got anything else you want to get off your chest about cults or guns or militia or the government? The FBI, the ATF, Timothy McVeigh.
2: I think we left it all on the table last Mm -hmm. week. Yeah, I got nothing. Or the last six weeks. The last six weeks. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it's good to talk outside
0: of your wheelhouse sometimes. It was a nice little change of pace. I think people
2: yeah, enjoyed it. It was good. It came out, uh, it was a good story. Not a good story, but a well-told story.
0: Definitely not a feel-good story. Not a
2: feel-good story. Yeah. A lot of carnage, a lot of bad stuff happened, but I feel the story was well-told. And it's a story that people need to know so no i'm
0: satisfied with it fun fact from behind the scenes uh running the social medias the most controversial episode i believe was ian's conversation with tibbs
2: that's true a lot of people uh thought you were throwing softballs to that guy
0: there was only a few it wasn't a ton we didn't get a whole bunch of bad uh comments on our shows but Yeah, people thought that he was throwing softballs. Meanwhile, I'm like, motherfucker, he didn't throw anything because he didn't have a chance to throw anything. (laughs) I didn't get a (laughs) chance to
1: talk. It was
0: fucking, you know, open mic night for Tibbs. And when we call it a conversation then I don't think you're, you know, which we did. I don't think, uh, you know, you should be held accountable for not asking any questions. You let the guy talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
2: I mean, it's not a news organization. it It was a conversation with a guy that was there. Right. His opinions are valid just like anyone else's. We're not fact checking the guy.
0: Well, and people felt that we should have thrown a disclaimer that it was not our, our thoughts, our own thoughts and opinions. But my opinion is when someone else is talking, giving their thoughts and opinions, you know that it's their thoughts and opinions because they're the motherfucker talking.
2: I I I, I thought that was a giving. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't I don't know how that could not be the case.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> so. a really good point, Mike. <laughs> I mean it's just- I guess so. I didn't think I had to make that point. Any hoodles. So we're off that train. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Six fun weeks. Now we're back to what we do best. So I I think we kind of maintain internally here
2: a list of shows that, you know, kind of like Mike in college that are on our list of the big ones.
0: That's exactly right. (laughs) I was on most girls like bucket list. Like I need that (laughs) inside of me. (laughs) <laughs> and I, you know, well, catch me at the right moment. The mic, you never know. Completely
2: understandable. You never know. And I, I think this one's on our big list. It's one of the, you know, one of the top guys, right?
0: It was. But if you remembered when we first discussed this, um... Ian, I, I think it was Ian, was like, okay, we'll put in like a good one, but it'll be like just a nice, simple one-parter.
2: We never believe that <laughs> fucking bullshit, though. That's <laughs> never true.
0: And then Ian <laughs> starts doing his research, <laughs> his deep dives, and it was, single-handedly, the biggest one set of notes he has ever sent us. Absolutely. 28 fucking pages. I had to read a novella. To get ready for today's right. show. Well, and let it be known when
2: he says one part, you and I just roll
0: our yeah. eyes because we know that's completely we, fucking. We block off false. at least two weeks. Yeah, of course. I think John Benet at one point was supposed to be one part. I it's think like fucking a, it's a one episode, maybe one and a yeah. half. And John Benet turned in the first quarter of 2020. So, anyways, we're, we have uh, we have a series on John Wayne Gacy. So. We got some stuff to get through. When you're done giggling, you you take it away. We'll sit here and wait. Spoiler right. alert! Not spoiler alert. Uh, um,
2: I say I'm on my fifth whiskey in, so it might be a fun night.
0: And now you're already diving into my Miller Lights. I am. So, I went through the whiskey. Goddamn, in, pal! I'm gonna drink your beer now. I brought plenty. <laughs> and if not, we'll go get some of your beer. Do you got any Fosters for me for later?
2: I do not have any Fosters this uh, evening. Of course, you run, out mate. Of the,
0: you run out of the good expensive stuff when I'm here. Conveniently,
2: I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Next right. time, mate,
0: we'll drink these Diet Millers and we'll just, <laughs> you know, be happy with the calories.
1: Absolutely,
0: Ian, take it away.
1: All right, well, with that, let's get into the killer clown himself, John Wayne Gacy. Gacy was born in Chicago, Illinois, on March 17th, 1942. He was the second child and only son of John Stanley Gacy and Marion Elaine Robinson, having two sisters. His father was an auto repair machinist and a World War I veteran, and his mother was a stay at home mom. As a child, Gacy was overweight, not athletic, and did not live up to the manly name he was given after the actor John Wayne. Look here, Pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming.
2: (laughs) I'm gonna try out my John, my John Wayne we're gonna voice work, tonight. We're gonna workshop it as we go yeah. through. I don't think it's great. We'll see what happens.
0: I like how you go to pilgrim. Like, that's just.
2: I don't know why where that came from, but it sounds good when people impersonate John Wayne. Pilgrim. I'm a fat boy, pilgrim. <laughs>
1: Gacy was close to his two sisters and mother, but suffered an abusive relationship with his father. His father was an alcoholic who was physically abusive to his wife and children. Gacy rarely received his father's approval, later recalling that no matter what he achieved, he was, quote, never good enough in his father's eyes. Oh, that'll fuck your life up right there.
3: Yeah, not off to a great start. Yeah,
1: His father regularly belittled him, calling him, quote, dumb and stupid, and comparing him unfavorably with his sisters. Despite this, Gacy always denied ever hating his father, Kind of like the saying about kicking a dog and they'll always come back for more. Uh, Most of Gacy's life was focused around wanting love from his father.
0: Mm. I mean, I beat my wiener pretty good. It always comes back for more. (laughs) Never disappoints, right? (laughs) Shaked? Nah, come on back. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to regret that one when I'm sober. (laughs)
1: You won't remember it next week. So it's That's all right. true, because I don't listen back and
0: that'll be just You'll sound, never hear it again. I never know what hear he's it, again about. Unless someone brings it up to me, then I'm never gonna remember saying that. Come on, you goddamn penis. Oh, I thought you were gonna do like a John Wayne, like talking to his wiener. Come on back for more,
2: you little wiener. Where's your cock ring, Pilgrim? <laughs> Pilgrim again. <laughs> We need
0: shirts that just say Pilgrim on them now.
2: It must be from an old John Wayne movie. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know what it you is. you have it in your I've mind heard that impersonation, that. though, with the Pilgrim. He I was
0: always in, like, Westerns, though. Like, it would have been, like, Indians and other cowboys, right? I don't know. Fucking Pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's there waiting for the Mayflower. He's like,
2: make your move, Pilgrim. Look here, Kemosabe. I
1: don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, we are off the rails. Good and early. God damn it.
1: I choked on a hit of my
2: vape. Have fun with fucking editing this fucking show,
0: huh? Ian, I think you're better off when you're drinking your coffee and your Red Bull. The water is going to kill you between that and your vape. You sound
2: like me, Pilgrim, when I had one of my lungs removed.
0: Did John Wayne have a lung removed?
2: He did. He had lung cancer, (laughs) one of his lungs removed.
0: Smoke it up, pilgrim.
3: pilgrim. That is just absurd.
0: Pilgrim, we need to start. We're gonna make that a thing whenever we're gonna, like talking down to someone now, we're gonna call them a pilgrim. Okay, okay. instead of Pally and Pal, it's gonna be goddamn pilgrim. <laughs>
1: One of Gacy's earliest childhood memories was of being beaten with a leather belt at the age of four for accidentally disarranging car engine components his father had assembled. Oh,
0: my God. That's worthy of a leather belt beating. Is is that
1: like the Christmas story when the kid threw the lug nuts up in the air? and He's (laughs) like, oh, fuck. It sounded like just a little kid playing with some car parts and got his ass beat for it. Yeah. On another occasion, he was struck across the head with a broomstick by his father and rendered unconscious, giving him the Jesus. classic frontal lobe brain injury Jeez. seen in a lot of serial killers.
0: Fuck. I can't imagine being in a, a, a state, and I get angry about everything all the time, but to where you want to hit a kid, let alone hit a kid with a weapon, and not, so hard you knock them unconscious. That's just this is sick.
1: When Gacy was six years old, Gacy stole a toy truck from a neighborhood store. His mother made him walk back to the store, return the toy, and apologize to the owners. His mother informed his father, who beat Gacy with a belt, as punishment. After this incident, Gacy's mother attempted to shield her son from his father's verbal and physical abuse. Yet this only succeeded in making things worse and making the beatings worse. And Gacy started to earn new accusations that he was, quote, a sissy and a mama's boy who would probably grow up queer.
2: Well, that'll
1: uh, be a boost for your confidence when you're a kid, right? Yeah. Awful. In 1949, Gacy's father was informed that his son and another boy had been caught sexually fondling a young girl. Gacy's father whipped him with a razor strap as punishment. And I would imagine that hurt way worse than a fucking belt.
0: Yeah, because that's much thicker, isn't it? A razor uh, yeah. strap? It's real thick. What's a razor strap?
1: What you... Str- like a, like strop. a straight like what, razor?
0: Like what you sharpen it on, oh, right? Oh, like- Okay. Yeah, like a straight what razor,
1: which you would sharpen it for. Yeah. Oh, God
0: damn. How did Ian and I know this and not you, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't know.
0: I don't
2: shave. I haven't shaved in uh, 30 years. It's I don't strange. know.
0: Well, I didn't shave
2: either. But, <laughs> so
3: but he yeah, was it's only was that... real
0: thick. like
2: Okay. That'd I got gotcha.
3: you.
0: That'd, uh,
2: that'd tear up your skin. And, and he was only seven years old at this point. Is it is it common,
0: like that kind of groping kind of thing?
1: I mean, I never groped anybody. I mean, I tell you at this
0: point, it's probably a good time for the dad to maybe have a conversation with his son yeah, instead right. of beating him yeah. with a strap. I'm just wondering. I don't... It doesn't seem like something seven-year-olds do. Well, when you're beat and you're knocked unconscious and, yeah. you know... Sure, good point.
1: The same That same year, Gacy was molested by a family friend, a contractor who would take Gacy for rides in his truck and fondle him. Gacy never told his father about these incidents, afraid that his father would blame him. Because of a heart condition, Gacy was ordered to avoid all sports at school. Was
2: the condition Der- that he didn't have a
1: heart? It's <laughs> <laughs> <This> fucking psychopath.
0: <laughs> Sorry, That's not even funny. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. <laughs> f- Perhaps you yeah, don't know I what's like coming on the to-
2: next pages, Mike.
0: I don't. You act like, <laughs> I, know. You're like, yeah, like I know these stories. I thought we were talking about John Wayne tonight legitimately. <laughs> I show up and you guys are fucking talking about Bogo the Clown.
1: During the fourth grade, Gacy began to experience blackouts and seizures resulting from being hit in the head with the broomstick. He was occasionally hospitalized because of these seizures and also in 1957 for a burst appendix. And, I mean, th- this is a pretty common thing with a lot of serial killers. We, it, son of Sam had, a head, had that frontal lobe head injury. Uh, we haven't done Henry Lee Lucas yet, but he had it from being beaten by his mother and being knocked unconscious. It's There seems to be something there with this really abusive childhood mixed with a severe head injury that causes something to go off with some of these guys. I don't doubt that for a second.
0: And I think as Absolutely. Dave would tell you those two things mixed with putting ketchup on your hot dog would is the McDonald triad of being a serial killer, right? (laughs) I I
2: mean, it's the third leg of being a psychopath, putting ketchup on your hot dog, of course.
0: So frontal lobe damage, uh, abuse of childhood, and ketchup on a hot dog.
2: 100%. Gacy was a Chicago guy,
1: though.
0: I guarantee he didn't put fucking ketchup on his hot dog. he put a fucking side salad on his hot dog, which is just (laughs) as bad.
1: Gacy later estimated that between the ages of 14 and 18, he had spent almost a year in the hospital for these episodes. And attributed the decline of his grades to his missing school. His father suspected the episodes were an effort to gain sympathy and attention, and openly accused his son of faking the condition as Gacy laid in the hospital bed. That's just
0: that's fucking that, awful. That's like that's, awful. Yeah. I mean, Can I know. Imagine, like you, we said before, we know what we're about to get into, but at this point, like you really feel bad for him as yeah. a kid. Like yeah. this is just disgusting.
1: I think that's almost all serial killers, man. They all have this terrible childhood, for the most part.
0: What was it, Kemper, that had to live in like the basement? Absolutely, yeah. like yeah. you feel really bad when I mean, you're locking a little kid down there while his mom and sisters are all upstairs just having a blast.
2: I mean, Ed Kemper probably had the potential to, you know, run a Fortune 500 company. The guy's a, a the genius, more or less, yeah. right? There's a lot of dumber yeah, people running a lot yeah, bigger companies, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, his IQ put him at genius level.
2: Yeah, 100%. Bumblebutt
0: Enterprise. (laughs) But, you know,
2: those couple years, they, they skewed his brain, and look what happened.
1: One of Gacy's friends at high school recalled several instances in which his father ridiculed or beat his son without provocation. On one occasion in 1957, the same friend witnessed an incident at the Gacy household in which Gacy's father began shouting at his son for no reason and then began hitting him. Gacy's mother attempted to intervene and the friend recalled that Gacy simply quote put his hands up to defend himself adding that he never struck his father back during these physical altercations
0: he worshipped his dad right like he was just like wanting that acceptance and that love
2: yeah so you're not gonna fight him probably not right
0: I just I can't get behind like I I can't fathom being the kind of man that just goes and just starts wallop walloping on your kid for any reason whatsoever, or no reason whatsoever. There's lots of them out there, though. Oh, there's too many
1: of them. Yeah, I don't know if it's a trickle down thing. If people raised like that end up doing that. I oh, mean, I think I don't absolutely. Know. Sure. I mean, I got smacked with a belt a couple times when I was a kid. I've never paddled my kids or done any of that shit. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah,
3: yeah, me
0: but too. I mean, it was even, a different time though. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I understand that, and you know, that's all. I think a whole separate debate between you know just giving a kid a spanking and then actually just straight up abusing them to this point and, you know, knocking them unconscious. There's, there is a difference. I'm not saying I'm okay with either one, but I don't know. There's a difference between discipline and actual physical abuse. There's levels of, sure. Sure. Yeah.
2: I I think hitting kids is abuse no matter Uh, what. I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. I I get your point about the different
0: levels. Sure. When you're knocking them unconscious with a weapon, it's different than spanking their butt. In
1: 1960, at the age of 18, Gacy became involved in politics working as an assistant precinct captain for a Democratic Party candidate in his neighborhood. So
2: that was uh, the the year of the election. Maybe uh, Gacy killed enough Republican voters to help uh, get JFK elected. <laughs> well, and if we're talking <laughs> chi-
0: Chicago, then that's there was a whole other yeah. level of corruption going on there to help get Kennedy elected. Kennedy
2: won by the slimmest of margins for. the and what when the it, fuck? I'm yeah. having a stroke over here in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> and it came down to
0: Chicago, where it was yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty corrupt. Yeah, it's, I mean the
2: story: is Sam Giancana, who's the Chicago mob boss, was mm-hmm. working with Joe Kennedy, right? Another mobster,
0: and yep. they a lot of and voter the, fraud going on in, mayor, in Chicago. The mayor of Chicago. Oh, and his name slips my mind. Daily. Yeah, daily. Yeah. You know, who just had a ton of power and influence? Yeah. And, you know. Uh, federal leaders were terrified of Mayor Daley. Yeah. There's there's good point. There, there's uh, fun backstories of um, JFK and Bobby Kennedy arguing over who was going to call Mayor Daley mm. over some kind of dispute. And Bobby, like Jack asked Bobby to call and Bobby's like, I'm not calling him. <laughs> and then Jack gave in and He's called. He's a fucking attorney gonna, general. You know, right. One of the president and the attorney general. Yeah. And they're both afraid to call afraid the mayor of the Chicago. Mayor of Chicago. Chicago right. So it's, yeah, it's, There's a lot of stories out there about how Chicago was kind of illegally won for JFK, which that 1960 election was as close as it got. Razor thin, and And, Illinois gave the election. Absolutely. Chicago gave Illinois to Kennedy, which gave Kennedy the election. Absolutely. So maybe John Wayne Gacy helped with that. He might have. Can you imagine? John Wayne Gacy killed enough
2: Republicans to elect JFK. How about that (laughs) story? In
0: all fairness, most people he
2: killed were not of voting age. Well, that's true, but... Makes a good story, <laughs> but maybe
3: those one or two. I mean, <laughs>
1: this decision earned more criticism from his father, who accused the son of being a patsy. Gacy later speculated the decision may have been an attempt to seek the acceptance from others that he never received from his father. What does that
2: mean in this context of patsy? What like what's it?
1: What are we talking about? Uh, his dad was Republican, so he didn't oh, okay. agree with it. All right,
2: yeah. that
0: makes sense. I think the same at, that, year. at that age or that time, too, Dave, he probably was a patsy for the Communist Party. Probably quote and pats you know yeah, patsy, but yeah. you know at that time, still that was still people were terrified of that. Anyway, sorry. You're going you know.
2: back to the election 1960. If you look at the electoral college map, Mike and Dave spinoff show yeah. the election of 1960,
0: ten part episode. The
2: electoral college map for that year is you know quite interesting with the how you know the whole. The whole Southern Democrats going for Kennedy and, like, you know, California and, like, the upper New England with Maine and everyone going for uh, Nixon.
0: And it's interesting interesting to see the way that the Southern Democrats went for Kennedy and then Kennedy, Jack and Bobby, what they did for civil rights. It would have been really interesting to see in 64 what they would have done because those Southern Democrats obviously were not much for the civil rights. But then with the progress that the Kennedys had made— That would have been an interesting 64 election. Well,
2: And Lyndon Johnson famously saying we lost the Southern Democrats for generations by signing the Civil Rights Act. Now we have what we have today.
0: Even though Lyndon Johnson was the one who signed the Civil Rights Act, technically. What's what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said before he signed it, we're going to
2: lose a generation of Southern
0: Democrats. And frankly, it might have been Lyndon Johnson was the reason why they won it. You know, being that Southern, you know, he had a great reputation. Yeah. People are like, what the (laughs) fuck are these guys talking about? (laughs) Join us for a conversation with Mike and Dave on the election of
2: 1960. Sir, Ian, back to you. Pontificate, if you will.
1: (laughs) The same year Gacy started working for the Democratic Party, his father bought him a car with the title of the vehicle being in his father's name until Gacy had completed the monthly payments. These payments took several years to complete, and his father would confiscate the keys to the vehicle if Gacy did not do as his father said. On one occasion in 1962, Gacy bought an extra set of keys after his father confiscated the original set. In response, his father removed the distributor cap from the vehicle, withholding the component for three days. What a dick. Said, so, like, come on, Dad, I
2: got a date. <laughs> Give me the distributor cap.
1: When his father re- replaced the distributor cap, Gacy left the family home and drove to Las Vegas, Nevada. He found work within the ambulance service before he was transferred to work as an attendant, at Palm mortuary, as a mortuary attendant, Gacy slept on a cot behind the embalming room.
0: Was there any reason why, like, just out of nowhere, it was Las Vegas? Like, what about that? Why did he go there? It's a good question. I don't know. Because I mean, I mean, you're, he's going pretty far. Why not someplace closer? Like, what was it about Vegas? I, I just wonder? heard the
2: uh, "Go West, young man."
0: Yeah. America calling. Yeah. Well, he went, you know, John Wayne. Sure, out west. Go so, west, pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> You want to kill some pilgrims, you go out west.
1: He worked in this role for three months observing morticians embalming dead bodies and later confessed that on one evening while alone, he climbed into the coffin of a deceased teenage male embracing and caressing the body before experiencing what he called a sense of shock. I knew this was coming. (laughs) Was the sense of shock the fucking huge boner he got being in the coffin with the...
3: (laughs) Oh, it, it sounded <laughs> like Mr. He... <laughs> McLovin. I got a boner. <laughs>
1: yeah, it sounded like yeah he was all about that idea. And then when he was in there doing it, it kind of it freaked him out. Yeah, yeah. as it should, yeah.
0: motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. If I saw a corpse and got a boner, I'd be pretty fucking freaked out too.
1: Like you've been, you know, you go to a
2: funeral or Can right. you imagine climbing into a fucking casket oh. and cur- you know, laying.
0: Spooning a fucking corpse? Well, nope. first of all, absolutely not. It's fucking terrifying. Second, not too long ago, the three of us were at a bar where there was a casket, and only one of us was brave enough to get in. That's true. Because I sure as fuck wasn't. Nope, neither was and I. And sure as fuck wasn't. <laughs> and there's fucking sober-ass Ian climbing into this casket, yeah. having us take photos. I'll jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! I man. even had
1: you guys close the lid on me. Yeah. Oh
0: nope.
2: my ugh. god. Ugh. Psychopath.
0: I was scared <laughs> myself. He probably had
2: ketchup on a hot dog in the in the in the coffin.
0: <laughs> I was scared for Ian when I was the one actually closing the lid. Terrible. Like I was scared for him, and I was like, "Motherfucker, I could just open it and you'd be fine." I I couldn't. Ugh. Terrifying. It was comfy
1: in there. Oh, I bet yeah, it comfy. was great. Well, Sounds awesome.
0: That's your future, Pally.
1: It was nice and dark. Oh,
3: Jesus.
1: <laughs> Maniac. Well, this this incident prompted Gacy to call his mother the next day and ask whether his father would allow him to return home or not. His father agreed, and the same day Gacy drove back to Chicago to live with his family.
0: We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) Upon Uh, his return. Those (laughs) those jokes just tickle me. I do it every week. People are probably like, this fucking guy. But it's funny. I don't know. It's just funny to me.
1: (laughs) Upon his return. Despite the fact he had failed to graduate from high school, Gacy successfully enrolled in the Northwestern Business College, from which he graduated in
2: 1963. He must have had some good SAT scores, right?
1: Well, this is the this is the, the first instance of Gacy where you get, dude, he's a talker. He could talk his way into anything. He was mm-hmm. just one of those charming guys that yeah. was just a really good bullshitter. Well, that that's a, a prerequisite when you're kind of
2: talking, you know, Victims into doing what you want them to do. Right. Right. The way he a lot of these shows. guys yeah. are talkers like that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah,
1: He's very similar to uh, to Ed Kemper in the t- in the way he in the charming aspect of him talking to people. You
2: settle people down and make them comfortable with you before you strike. Sure.
1: Gacy then took a management trainee position within the Nunn Bush shoe company in 1964. The shoe company transferred Gacy to Springfield to work as a salesman. I prefer my nuns with no bush, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was gonna happen.
2: <laughs> I like my nuns waxed and hair free.
0: <laughs> you like them
2: with nun bush? Nun bush. <laughs> I have a very comfortable pair of nun bush shoes, though. I love them. Oh, really?
0: I don't mind nun bush.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that is. I never heard of it before.
0: Shoes. I mean it's a shoe company. Well, some cool dress shoes. Nun bush. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> well, you so I don't even know oh, what no, that dress. is. It's a shoe company. You're, you're so. just, no, I mean
1: it's <laughs> like dress shoes. Oh yeah. You're yeah. not wor- you're not yeah. working out in nun bushes. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was eventually promoted to the manager of his department. In March of that year, he became engaged to Marilyn Myers, a co worker in the d- department he managed. Who's the greatest shoe salesman of all time? El Al Bundy, right? Oh, I was gonna say El
0: Bundy. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah so we agree. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's also the only shoe salesman
0: I think I know. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I guess it depends on who we're comparing him to. I don't know any other shoes.
2: In my salesman. opinion, he's the best.
0: And then you go home and watch sports, put his hand on his pants, and drink a beer. I fucking hang out with you all day. American Alabama. Hero. <laughs> it's an underrated show, I think. I don't think that show gets enough credit. It, that was a hilarious show.
2: It did as a contemporary when it was out. I you were probably too young for it.
0: It got a lot of credit yes. then? Oh, okay. Yeah. During my day when it was a... But I remember when it was on, I think. But mm. I feel like now it's just like it's a forgotten show.
2: I think it is, too. It was the best. It was was really funny. Yeah.
0: Like there's shows like Seinfeld and Cheers that people still rewatch from like that era. Maybe that was before it, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But why isn't Married with Children? I would watch that still if it was Married with
2: Children is up there with those shows. 100%.
0: I, I wouldn't disagree. Maybe someone, probably like a Nick at Night or something shows it. Is Nick at Night still a thing?
1: I don't know. I
2: can't answer that question now.
1: During his relationship with Marilyn, Gacy joined the local JCs and became a tireless worker for the organization, being named key man for the organization in April of nineteen sixty four. Look here, key man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still a
2: thing, the JCs? I, I looked I it up know. earlier
0: because I didn't know what the JCs were, and I think I believe it's still a thing. Is
2: it? Yeah, it's like the junior chamber, right? Like, yeah. eighteen to forty year olds. You guys can join. I can't join. Uh, you guys can join. I'm,
0: yeah. You know what? I'm gonna pass. I'll take a hard. <laughs> yeah, like, I think I'm good on that. <laughs> although, although we are some young entrepreneurs. That's what I'm saying. And we could, you know, all those young. Uh, Podcasters out there that want to get in the business.
2: Can I get grandfathered in as a third owner, even though I'm outside the age range?
0: You're you're an honorary JC at least. Okay, at least. (laughs) But yeah, I had never heard of JCs before. I had to look them up when we did this, and it looks like they're still around.
2: Hmm. The only JC that counts in my book is Jesus Christ. Wow,
0: I like uh, (laughs) JC Chavez from Insync personally. (laughs) Um fun fact recently though the jc's opened up to involve women as well so it's nice of them females and males oh i just love
2: when organizations turn progressive you know in the 21st century like the mormons (laughs) when they let black people become priests that was nice of them you mean like last month yeah exactly (laughs) that's great thanks mormons
0: (laughs) thanks for treating black
2: people as uh humans it's
0: great 150 years later (laughs) thanks sure why not women Eh, i guess they're citizens too sure (laughs) You know, we ought to give them a vote. They should be allowed to have a say. Hey,
1: it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are
3: waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: That same year, in 1964, Gacy had his second homosexual experience. According to Gacy, he agreed to this incident after one of his colleagues in the Springfield JCs got him super drunk and invited him to spend the night on his couch. The colleague then performed oral sex on Gacy while he was drunk. By 1965, Gacy had risen to the position of vice president of the Springfield JCs. That same year, he was named the third most outstanding JC within the state of Illinois. It's a major award. It's Uh, not the first or second, but it's the third. (laughs) It's not like it's
2: fucking Rhode Island, right? I mean, it's Illinois. (laughs) That's a big state.
3: Right.
0: I don't know how many JCs there are, but top three. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Do you think when they announced it, they started with number one and then worked their way backwards and announced him third? <laughs> well, probably because the like best and the freaks. winners should be announced first. Mike, oh, okay. So fuck right. off. And then everyone goes home because they were like, well, we already know who won. So
1: <laughs> after being engaged for six months, Gacy and Marilyn married in September of 1964. Marilyn's father then purchased three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa, and the couple moved to Waterloo so Gacy could manage the restaurants with the understanding that they would move into Maryland's parents' home, which was vacated for the couple.
0: You guys ever been to Waterloo,
1: Iowa? Uh, no. You're not
0: talking to them. Like. Sorry. You guys ever been to Waterloo, <laughs> Iowa? Sorry, I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> He's
2: watching like NASCAR No, no, no. The... Where is it? Like, I'm watching uh, Edmonton Oilers <laughs> 1994... Uh, Lost 10 to nothing to the Listen, Canadians. Pally, this is related to the it's story. It's really more important in the show. Also, they
0: never lost the Canadians 10 to <laughs> nothing. That's fucking dumb.
3: That's, stop it.
0: Have you guys ever been to Waterloo, Iowa?
2: Uh, I've driven through Iowa a couple times. I don't remember specifically. I actually specifically. spent one
0: night in Waterloo, Iowa. At uh, I was driving through when I was traveling the country for yeah. previous work. Had a hotel there one night by myself. Did not know the entire time I was there. Well, the one day that the Dan Gable Wrestling Museum is located in Waterloo, Iowa. Really? Yeah. And I did not go see it because I didn't know. Who's I, Dan Gable? Dan Gable was a um amateur wrestler. Okay. Uh one of the best, you know, in the country at the time. And I don't know if Dan Gable ever did professional wrestling. Hmm. That would have been way before my time. Either way, it's a wrestling hall of fame in Waterloo, Iowa. Interesting. And I fucking missed it. But I spent the night there. I'm pretty sure that's where I was. Eh, no, never mind. Doesn't matter.
2: When you got your first Blumpkin? Is that what you were going
0: <laughs> with? Dave, don't insult me, please. I was five when I had my first Blumpkin. Oh.
2: I just feel like Iowa girls are probably up for giving blumpkins.
0: Probably. What else are they gonna do? I mean they grew up with corn and you know, just holding things phallic shaped in their hands. So. <laughs> What else you going to do?
3: Yeah, Iowa?
2: like they want to play with a corn shape thing, you know, regardless of what's going on. Whether you're taking a shit, what do they give a fuck? Right? right? It just smells like the fertilizer yeah. on cornfields. Yeah. The whole state smells like fertilizer. They don't care.
0: <laughs> it's true. They're fucking Iowa.
2: Right. <laughs> this might be our last show.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. We're trying to get all our jokes out in our people because this
0: story does take a turn. And also, we've had six weeks of not really being able to make a ton of jokes. We're just letting out all that pent-up frustration. We had, we've had joke blue balls for six weeks. Look
2: here, pilgrim. You better
0: ejaculate.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, gosh. So his father-in-law buying him these, these KFC restaurants, this was a really lucrative offer for the time. Gacy would receive fifteen thousand per year, which was the equivalent of one hundred fifteen thousand dollars in today's money, plus a share of the profits earned via the restaurants. See, I find this interesting. I, I looked up some of these pictures. This wife's not a
2: bad-looking gal, and it's kind of like a dowry situation, right, with her father. Or, like, and he's just like a you know a a, fa- a fat guy. Why? Like, why does he get this sweet deal to marry this girl? Just a talker, man. Super charming. Yeah, I guess. It's like, I'm going to marry this cute blonde girl and her dad's going to give me fucking.
0: Well, in all fairness, I mean, he was, he's successful too. Like he, you know, he makes it work.
1: Yeah. gets the job
0: done when it, when it comes to business, like he gets it done.
3: Yeah.
1: Following his required completion of a managerial course, Gacy relocated to Waterloo with his wife later that year. He opened a, quote, club in his basement where his employees could drink alcohol and play pool. Although Gacy employed teenagers of both sexes at his restaurants, he socialized only with the young male employees. Many were given alcohol before Gacy made sexual advances. And if rebuffed, Gacy would claim his advances were simply a joke or test of morals.
2: <laughs> Almost gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, I'll get you next
2: time. I'm going to get you better watch Be out. Kentucky Fried Gacy. Coming no, but seri- at no, but seriously, good job, man. I'm proud to have you on my team. Right.
0: Hey, let me fill your glass.
2: <laughs> I'll put my penis in a mashed potatoes and. T-
3: take my strong hand. I'll just stir it up like this.
1: <laughs> that movie is so funny. <laughs>
0: we talk about this all the time. The scary movie series <laughs> franchise is fucking hilarious, it is so good. <laughs>
2: You guys like KFC? Oh, I, I love it. I don't really like fried chicken. It's not oh, my thing. I know
0: you do know, I love. I like KFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I like. it. I like their mashed potatoes. I don't really their, like fried chicken. Their mashed potatoes are okay. It's the gravy that makes the mashed potatoes. Oh, I think well, so good. It's always yeah. the gravy
2: that makes the. mashed I, potatoes. I don't disagree.
0: Sure. Um, the chicken's okay. I'm eh. not a fan of like anything extra crispy. Like I don't know why people would want extra crispy chicken. Mm. It makes like your gums bleed. You cut up <laughs> your mouth. Like who the fuck wants all that? I want. Uh, but their chicken's okay. Yeah. Their yeah. mac and cheese is actually good. For someone like me who does not love mac and cheese, KFC's mac and cheese is pretty damn okay. good. I also it's, have not eaten at KFC in like five years. So
1: I, I love KFC, but if we're talking chicken places like that, down south, like in the Carolinas and Georgia, they have Bojangles down there. Yeah. That oh, place yeah, is Fucking amazing. I
0: have not had I've heard the Bojangles breakfast biscuit chicken sandwich is bomb. Mm. I have not yet had that. So when we do our live show in in the Carolinas, we're going to get some Bojangles breakfast.
1: That sounds
2: great.
0: Okay. Coming your way, North Carolina.
1: Gacy's wife gave birth to a son in February 1966 and a daughter in March of 1967. Gacy himself later described this period of his life as, quote, perfect. He had earned his father's approval for the first time in his life when Gacy's parents visited him. In July of 1966, his father apologized for the abuse he had inflicted during Gacy's childhood and said, quote, son, I was wrong about you.
0: Oh, that makes it all better.
1: Yeah, right? Also, not true, Dad. You were right the first time, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you
2: had killed Tec- this fucking kid when he was six, <laughs> we <laughs> wouldn't have to be having this story right now. Jesus.
0: Yeah, you're, not
2: technically, you're not wrong. Technically, it's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, also, maybe if you didn't knock him unconscious, we wouldn't have all these deaths either.
2: It's a moral
0: quagmire. Moral dilemma.
2: Giddity. Would you go back if you could go back in history, would not you kill baby Hitler? That's the question.
0: I would. I'd cut that motherfucker's head off immediately. Would you going back <laughs> go but you go back knowing what he was going to do? Of course. Then yeah, of course you kill him. You got to kill a baby? Who doesn't? Who do, who says no to that? I've heard people say no. It's Cuz it's a baby. So you just you stay close to him and wait till he becomes 14 and I then kill know. him? It's a
2: moral question.
0: Uh, moral
2: it? uh Something I've heard people ask. I cut his head off? A... I would like to discuss that further. But <laughs> I, I, kick, I kick his mom in the fucking cooter the second she got pregnant. Are you kidding they, me? I believe they call that a cunt punt.
0: <laughs> it's a cunt punt. Yeah. No, I don't disagree.
2: It's not even a question. Come on. Get the fuck out of here.
1: In Waterloo, Gacy joined the local chapter of the JCS. Regularly offering extended hours to the organization in addition to the 12 and 14 hour days he worked managing the three KFC restaurants. Although considered ambitious and a guy that bragged too much by other JCs, he was highly regarded for his fundraising work. In 1967, he was named the outstanding vice president of the Waterloo JCs. At JC meetings, Gacy often provided fried chicken and insisted on being called the Colonel. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: look here employees i'm the colonel
0: pilgrim what's funny now too is that they have like all these new like kfc commercials where there's, there's different actors yeah the everyone's colonel. the colonel can you imagine now like they get gacy because he's like the colonel
2: <laughs> maybe one of us could get a a job at the the kfc marketing department and slip in like a, a gacy picture as the colonel
0: <laughs> Awesome, well, david can't be you because every ad you submit would just have pilgrim in it like eat this chicken pilgrim take that gravy pilgrim
1: that same year gacy served on the board of directors for the waterloo jc's many of the jc's in waterloo were involved in wife swapping prostitution pornography and drug use gacy was deeply involved in many of these activities and regularly had sex with local prostitutes
2: hey oh iowa sounds fun what are we talking about here wife swapping parties yeah, Gacy was all about the wife swap. God and damn! Stuff. All right, Johnny boy, <laughs> you want to bang my wife? Old wife swap. Like?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is swingers right? Is that what it is? Swingers? Oh yeah, that's what you yeah, do. Like the
2: old key parties they had in the seventies. Uh, enlighten me. Well, so I you, was not alive. They have like a couple. <laughs> <Wow>. All right, <laughs> you're insinuating that I was at key parties. I was not that old. <laughs> <laughs> That's so why they go to a party and all the guys would drop their keys into like a vase or a bowl or something. And the wives would just pick out the keys and whoever's key they pulled out, that's who they would go bang. Damn. Key party. All right. She likes it in her pooper, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Tickle her anus and she'll make you famous.
0: All right. So we're being educated here today. Key party. Key party. God damn, pal. Google it, pal. <laughs> I believe you. I don't know. I don't want to know what comes up. <laughs> it's like, do you want to do you want us to use your location for key parties? Nope. No, I do not. I don't want to know where key parties are going on in my area. Put it in, my
2: wife, and so but <laughs> I got nothing. Sorry.
3: Pilgrim? <laughs> <laughs>
2: take the key from the bowl and stretch out (laughs) her hole (laughs) he's cracking himself up over here in august
1: 1967 gacy committed his first known sexual assault on a teenage boy the victim was 15 year old donald vorhees the son of a fellow jc gacy lured Voorhees to his house with the promise of showing him pornographic films Gacy got Voorhees drunk and persuaded him to perform oral sex on him. Over the following month, several other teenage boys were sexually abused in a similar matter, including one whom Gacy encouraged to have sex with his own wife before blackmailing him into performing oral sex on him. What's the blackmail in that situation? You bang my wife, you, and I'm going to
2: tell no, no, people no, if you, you don't don't suck blow me off. Me. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, <laughs> I bang your weird. wife. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she fucking loved it <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't get
1: huh? the blackmail in that but
0: you know who knows
1: yeah I mean and he's also doing this to kid people under 18 so they're kids so they're probably like scared that's true. Of it. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna
0: tell your parents that's you true you know? yeah.
1: Gacy tricked several teenagers into believing he was commissioned with conducting homosexual experiments in the interests of quote scientific research for which he was paid up to $50 <laughs> commissioned by who I, I mean, whoever wanted these
2: The center for whatever scientific studies You're asking
0: way too many questions, Pally Well, i like to know <laughs>
2: Curious minds want to know I feel like this is something Mike might a Fraternity Mike might have done in college Hello, ladies I've been commissioned for uh, To study the effects of cunnilingus On <laughs> None of that was needed, Dave. I will pay you $50 if you let me perform the alphabet in sign language on your clitoris, which I will not be able to find (laughs) later in life.
0: None of that was needed. (laughs) I didn't have to pay anybody, pal. Let's get that right right now. In March
3: 1968,
1: Voorhees reported to his father that Gacy had sexually assaulted him. Voorhees Sr. immediately informed the police and Gacy was arrested and subsequently charged with oral sodomy in relation to Voorhees and the attempted assault of 16-year-old Edward Lynch. Gacy vehemently denied the charges and demanded to take a polygraph test. This request was granted, although the results indicated Gacy was nervous when he denied any wrongdoing in relation to either Voorhees or Lynch. In other words, he just, he fucking failed it terribly. He thought he was real slick.
2: Yeah, right. Maybe don't request the polygraph, pal.
0: (laughs) Well, he could talk his way into anything. He thought he could talk his way out of something. That's true.
1: Those slick motherfuckers think they're they're not going to get caught.
0: Also, it doesn't really matter in the end because polygraph is just whatever. It's nonsense. Sure.
1: Gacy publicly denied any wrongdoing and insisted the charges against him were politically motivated. For he Sr. had opposed Gacy's nomination for appointment as president of the Iowa JCs. Several fellow JCs found Gacy's story credible and rallied to support him. However, on May 10, 1968, Gacy was indicted on the sodomy charge. On August 30th, 1968, Gacy persuaded one of his employees, 18-year-old Russell Schroeder, to physically assault Voorhees in an effort to discourage the boy from testifying against him. Gacy promised to pay Schroeder $300 to lure Voorhees to a secluded spot, spray mace in his face, and beat him. Schroeder agreed, and in early September, he lured Voorhees to an isolated country park, sprayed mace into his eyes, and then beat the shit out of him.
2: This guy's a fucking mob boss. Yeah, this guy. Normally it's Voorhees that lures you into a secluded space and kills you. That's true. Who's Jason that? Voorhees. I thought it was Ivan Voorhees. I know you don't know what we're talking about. I thought it was Ivan Voorhees from what I've learned. From the Outlaw Pass <laughs> available
1: in the archives.
0: Boom. That's gimmick infringement, brother. <laughs> Stealing my life. <laughs>
1: Go down that road where we have our, our trademarked uh, sayings on this show.
2: <laughs> start fighting over royalties. You owe me $1
0: when for I start infringing. When I start making money off available in the archives, I'll let you guys know.
1: Voorhees managed to escape and immediately reported the assault to the police, identifying Schroeder as his attacker. Schroeder was arrested the following day. And despite initially denying any involvement, he soon confessed to having assaulted Voorhees, indicating that he had done so at Gacy's request. Gacy was arrested and additionally charged in relation to hiring Schroeder to assault and intimidate Voorhees. Got to hire a uh, out of town hitter, Gacy. Come on,
0: <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, got to be smarter than yeah, that. Yeah, come on, dumbass.
1: On September 12, nineteen sixty-eight, Gacy was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. At the Psychiatric Hospital of the State University of Iowa, two doctors examined Gacy over a period of 17 days before concluding that he had an antisocial personality disorder, uh, a disorder which incorporates constructs such as psychopathy and sociopathy, and that he was unlikely to benefit from any therapy or medical treatment, and his behavior pattern was likely to bring him into repeated conflict with society. The doctors also concluded that he was mentally competent to stand trial. So what do you do with a guy like that? I mean, I, I read that to mean that eventually the guy's going to
2: have, you know, more trouble with people in society because of these issues. You're not going to lock him up for life. So what do you do with a guy like that? What's the answer?
1: I, I, I guess in this situation, what we're going to get into and what we're going to see what, what happens his jail sentence. I guess I would say you leave him in for the max time, I guess. You would don't
2: think so. Don't let them so. out early,
0: but even uh,
2: after the max time, I mean, yeah, that's do you true monitor too. them. Do you have post-incarceration monitoring?
0: Uh, yeah, I, that's a good question. Like, what, do what, you do? You, what do you like, do. What do you do? Yeah, I but mean, there, there some there's some people. Only so much you can do, right? Like right. for for monitoring even after the fact. Like
2: there are people who commit crimes like this that you know are going to be repeat offenders based on this psychopathy and whatever diagnosis that that they re they receive, but. The crimes they committed haven't given them a life sentence eligibility.
0: So what do you do? It's a pro. It's a- Essentially, you wait till they commit that crime, and then you you put them away. Yeah, I mean that's what. Exactly, There's nothing you can do it
2: about it. This person's eventually going to get out and walk among people again. I think much quicker in this case than was
1: probably preferable well,
3: for well, society.
1: And, and that's a weird thing about like things like b- being diagnosed as a psychopath or a, a sociopath it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be violent too. It's like, it's so hard to tell yeah. with, with things like that because you know, sociopathy is a big trait in successful businessmen like CEOs and stuff. It's
3: a good there's point. that, that yeah. there's
1: that one study that I can't remember who did it, but that how many CEOs have, you know, traits of being a sociopath. Mm-hmm. It's just, you don't feel anything. So you know, how, how do you tell if if these guys, who's going to be a violent one and who's not? That's true. And coupled with, uh,
2: you know, the poor state of mental health care in this country, it's just a, uh, what do you do? That's
1: rhetorical because I obviously don't have a good answer, but <laughs> I got
2: that. That's why I was not
0: providing an answer. <laughs> I don't know.
1: On November 7th, 1968, Gacy pled guilty to one count of sodomy in relation to Voorhees, but not guilty to the charges related to the other boys. Casey claimed Voorhees had offered him sexual services and that he acted out of curiosity. His story was not believed. Casey was convicted of sodomy on December 3rd and sentenced to 10 years in prison to be served at the Animosa State Penitentiary.
0: 10 years. All right. He's gone for 10 years. We got this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Okay. Nope. Let's go. <laughs> that same day, his wife petitioned for divorce, requesting a ward of the couple's home and property, sole custody of their two children, and alimony. The court ruled in her favor, and the divorce was finalized on September 18th, 1969. Gacy never saw his first wife or children again. Wow. And, and Gacy died in prison, never hurt anyone else again. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah.
2: You're really stealing all my gimmicks tonight. I, I, I thought we were doing copyright infringement night. Damn,
3: Listen here, pilgrim. <laughs>
1: During his incarceration in the Anamosa State Penitentiary, Gacy quickly gained a reputation as a model prisoner. Within months of his arrival, he had risen to the position of head cook. Is that a cook that gives you head or like the main the main <laughs> chef in prison? The main chef. Okay. <laughs>
0: I like how Ian actually
1: answered that question.
0: Like, he's like, no, Dave, it means like you were the main chef.
2: <laughs> like you go through the chow line Asked and you get an macaroni answer. and cheese or a blowjob?
0: Yeah. Hey, you're locked up long enough. Yeah. That, that blowjob might look pretty good. Also, fuck mac and cheese. Like it's an overrated food. This guy, with this. Them. Who, it's who over- like Mac and cheese. I don't dis. I didn't say it is like ridiculous. It. It's an overrated food. It's not one of the best foods in the world. You have the it's cu- okay. You have the
2: culinary instincts of like
0: a. I don't. I don't even of know what because because I- kids love mac and cheese. <laughs> so you can't go that route with my spaghettios. Mac and cheese is good. I just think it's overhyped. Okay. The only time I love mac and cheese, I'll get excited, is like mac and cheese bites. Like a fried mac and cheese bite. Delicious.
2: I make that smoked mac and cheese. What about that?
0: Have I had it? I don't remember.
1: Oh, yeah. It's super good. I, like, we no, I, made I, that well, for that last time we had fights. Yeah. yeah. Fuck this guy, Ian. Move on. <laughs>
0: I don't remember.
1: This
2: fucking asshole. Move on. Conversation <laughs> over, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Probably had about fifteen I'm Diet Millers that dickhead. night. And don't remember your smoked mac and cheese.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's probably eating Spaghettios cold that night. That's what he remembers. Well, my- also, that is oh.
0: delicious. I mean, can't go. No one, no one in this conversation is going to deny that because all three of us some, <laughs> will fucking rock some mac and cheese out of a can, or uh, some Spaghettios out of a can.
1: Gacy also joined the inmate JC chapter and increased their membership figure from 50 to to 650 in the span of less than 18 months. He is also known to have both secured an increase in the inmates' daily pay in the prison's mess hall and to have supervised several projects to improve the conditions for inmates at the prison. On one occasion, Gacy oversaw the installation of a miniature golf course in the prison recreation yard.
0: That's pretty sweet. You guys, you guys like... Uh, miniature golf. Uh, I yeah, fucking rock some miniature golf. <laughs> I
2: bet you do. I love
0: <laughs> miniature golf. Putt-putt golf is my shit. How, I'm okay. just very good at it, and I enjoy it, and it's awesome, huh? and I, I would like to invite all of you to the Necronomapod Invitational, and we'll just have a big golf outing one
2: that, day. Now that would be a lot of fun.
0: We'll just play putt-putt golf and drink beers and have a good time.
2: What do we get for a hole-in-one?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, you you win that hole. I, I mean, I don't know. You gotta you gotta win the whole Invitational to win a prize. Okay. Just asking for a friend. Oh, I mean, we could do one of those things where it's like you get a hole in one on this and you win, you know, a free right. T-shirt. Or you know, they do longest drives and actual Invitational. Sure. But like sure. longest putt and you know you win a date. First
2: person to get through the rotating windmill.
0: There you go. <laughs> All right. Gets a blumpkin from uh, <laughs> uh, a, a patron of your choice. Patron of your choice gives you a Blumpkin. That's a prize worth uh, playing for. The Necronama Golf Invitational. <laughs> All done at putt-putt courses. And I get the bright orange ball because that's always what I go for. i got to get oh, the bright orange ball. Well, I'm
2: one. eating a chili dog before the before we go. That's perfect.
0: Let's do it. So anyways, I love some miniature golf. All huh? right. I'm just saying I'd go to prison if there was mini golf. There. <laughs> good to know. You can help me move that
1: body then. In June 1969, Gacy first applied to the state of Iowa board of parole for early release. This application was denied. In preparation for his second scheduled parole hearing in May 1970, Gacy completed 16 high school courses for which he obtained his diploma in November of 1969.
2: Oh, good on him. Making something of himself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of you, Pilgrim. Jesus. This fucking guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On Christmas Day, 1969, Gacy's father died from cirrhosis of the liver. When told the news, Gacy collapsed to the floor crying. His request for supervised, compassionate leave to attend the funeral was denied. And some people point to this as the moment as being some, like something clicked in Gacy's head. like Now he could act out on whatever he wanted. He didn't need that approval from his father anymore, mm. and he wasn't ever going to get it now that his father was gone.
0: Right.
2: Freeze him, sure. Did his uh, father visit him in prison? I don't
1: think so. Okay.
0: Hey. Do you think Gacy should have been allowed to go visit his father? I do feel it's a little bit cruel mm. and unusual to not let someone go say goodbye to a, a family member. Even if you have, like, guards with them, have them in chains and handcuffs. Maybe they should be allowed some kind of goodbye.
2: Yeah, I think we have a cruel prison system in this country that doesn't really serve the rehabilitation purposes. It's more punitive than anything. It doesn't really—it's not helpful. We're the most in- incarcerated country on the planet, and that's
1: it's not great. Thank you for coming to my
2: prison
0: <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> Ian, does you have a thought on that, or is that was uh, it was?
1: I, I guess it, I guess it would just depend on the on the crime. I guess.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: I agree. But in this case, I think I would have allowed that. I, I I got
2: I don't like later John Gacy. No, I don't. I don't think so. This John Gacy I agree. at nineteen sixty
1: nine. Sure. Gacy was granted parole with twelve months probation on June eighteenth, nineteen seventy, after serving eighteen months of his ten year sentence. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, but that's less than 20% of the allotted time. (laughs) Two of the conditions for his probation were that Gacy was to relocate to Chicago to live with his mother and observe a 10 p.m. curfew with the Iowa Board of Parole receiving regular updates to his progress. That doesn't make any sense to me in the 70s because they have no computer system set up. So how are they supposed to track this fucking guy? Yeah, who's checking him in at night? And who's right, providing like these kick, updates, yeah. Yeah, like you just kick him out of the state, and you're like, yeah, okay, you just got to report back to us. Like, what, through the mail? or? Like, it's yeah, just right. Weird.
2: Or is it just this kind of get him out of our hair kind of thing? He's
1: Illinois' problem now. Who knows? Upon his release, Gacy told friend and fellow J.C. Clarence Lane, who picked him up from prison upon his release, and had remained steadfast in his belief of Gacy's innocence, that he would, quote, never go back to jail and that he intended to reestablish himself in Waterloo. However, within 24 hours of his release, Gacy relocated to Chicago to live with his mother. (laughs) Quick turnaround. (laughs) Yeah. He arrived in Chicago on June 19th, and shortly after obtained a job as a short order cook in a restaurant. Making delicious
2: Chicago deep dish pizzas, which are far superior to New York style thin crust pizza. Look, they might be
0: delicious, but they're not pizza if you feed them with a fork <laughs> and knife. You enjoy that fucking lasagna or that Italian dish, whatever it is. I'm not. And, and what, what episode was that last week? We it, talked about this. Yeah. Sometimes I get confused with the bonus episodes. To be clear, deep dish pizza is tasty. But I'm not going to call it, quote, pizza if you have to use a knife and fork. I'm not into name-calling, Mike. I don't care what it is. No, I like labeling. I label everything, Pally. Of course you do. And that is not okay. Just like their side salads that they put on hot dogs. It's just not okay. It's not a hot dog if you put a side side salad on it. Side salad. Anyways, I don't think he was making deep-dish pizzas. It's probably safe to say. All right. I was
1: just wondering.
0: Unless Mayor Daly told him to. And then he's probably making (laughs) fucking deep-dish pizzas.
1: On February 12th, 1971, Gacy was charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy who claimed that Gacy had lured him into his car at Chicago's Greyhound bus terminal and driven him to his home where he had attempted to force the boy into sex. Wait a minute. It's not even a year later. (laughs) He's still on probation or parole, whatever it
2: is. Parole, probation. I think he was just on probation,
0: right? Or was he still on parole?
1: Well, when you get released... You're on parole, right? Right. This complaint was dismissed when the boy failed to appear in court. And there are some people that speculate that this could could have been Gacy's first murder because how it's told is that no one ever saw this boy again or heard from him. Gacy denies this, and there's no evidence to support it, but... Wow. It's a weird, weird detail. Yeah. Pretty fishy. The Iowa Board of Parole did not learn of this incident. Spoiler, because... There's no fucking computer system in the 70s, mm. which clearly violated the condition of his parole. Cle- and eight clearly, al- yeah. <laughs> and eight months later, in October 1971, Gacy's parole ended. The following month, records of Gacy's previous criminal convictions in Iowa were sealed. So he's good to go.
2: Why the fuck? Why are they sealed? <laughs>
1: That's the weirdest thing
3: that about this whole case. Quick. Yeah, yeah. That's well, awfully-
2: you're a convicted felon who got paroled early. Why would your you're not a minor with a? Why would your
0: fucking file get sealed? That's crazy. Is it also weird that like they file they put him on parole and then like you're ordered to leave the state? Yeah, but like, we're gonna we're keep done tabs with you, on you, motherfucker. But yeah. we're gonna keep tabs on you. I mean, I realize. Like, yeah, I mean, that's it's weird.
2: It, it, it's very weird. It's it's you know it's prior to all the sexual. Offender registry laws and all of that that came later, but
0: but it's just weird that
3: you're gonna put someone on parole still? and be
2: like, but you need to leave the state. Yeah, this we're is passing the buck to Chicago, I I would assume.
0: Yeah, and then saying, well, <laughs> Chicago will send us reports, and then they can just claim, well, we you know, right, oh, uh, we didn't, get, yeah.
2: But why are the why is this conviction sealed like that? That's crazy.
0: It's Iowa, man. It's no holds barred. There's no rules in Iowa. There's no rules in Iowa. No, they're giving blumpkins and to you know and jerking off corn, whatever they do in Iowa. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it, man. It's a Dan Gable Museum professional wrestling. That's all I know about Iowa. That explains it, then.
1: With financial assistance from his mother, Gacy bought a house near the village of Norridge in Norwood Park Township, a part of Metropolitan Chicago. The address, 8213 West Somerdale Avenue, is where he resided until his arrest in December 1978 and where all of his known murders were committed. Mm. It's pretty close to O'Hare, for people who are familiar with Chicago. Never been there.
2: It's quite fun. They have delicious pizza there.
1: <laughs> Never mind what, what this <laughs> fucking asshole tells you. There we go again. <laughs> he became active in his local community. And his neighbors considered him helpful. Willing to loan his construction tools. And plowing snow for neighborhood walks. Free of charge. He also hosted huge annual summer parties. Attended by hundreds of people. Including politicians. That's how you hide in plain sight. Oh, yeah. He definitely did, man. He looked very normal and charming on the outside. That's it. That's the key. In August 1971, shortly after Gacy and his mother moved into the house, he became engaged to Carol Hoff, a divorcee with two young daughters. Hoff, whom he had briefly dated in high school, had been a friend of Gacy's younger sister. His fiancée and stepdaughters moved into his home soon after the couple announced their engagement and Gacy's mother moved out of the house shortly before the wedding, which was held on July 1st, 1972. One week before Gacy's wedding on June 22nd, he was arrested and charged with aggravated battery and reckless conduct. The arrest was in response to a complaint filed by a teenage boy who claimed that Gacy had flashed a sheriff's badge, lured him into his car, and forced him to perform oral sex. These charges were dropped after the teenage boy attempted to blackmail Gacy for money. (laughs) A shame there was no sort of discernible pattern
2: with this guy that might have been identified. <laughs> right. I might have caught Pretty him earlier. Yeah. <laughs> How could you ever tell? Like, what the
3: fuck, man? In
1: 1971, Gacy established a part time construction business, PDM Contractors, which stood for painting, decorating, and maintenance. With the approval of his probation officer, he was allowed to work evenings to commit to his employment contracts while working as a cook during the day. The business initially undertook minor repair work, such as sign writing, pouring concrete, and redecorating, but later expanded to include projects such as interior design, remodeling, installation, assembly, and landscaping. In mid-1973, Gacy quit his job as a cook so he could fully commit to his construction business. Gacy's first known murder occurred on January 2nd, 1972. According to Gacy's later account, following a family party, he decided to drive to the Civic Center to view a display of ice sculptures before luring a 16-year-old named Timothy Jack McCoy from Chicago's Greyhound bus terminal into his car.
3: I
2: don't know about you guys, but after, like, a family party, I always jump in my car and drive across town to look
0: at ice sculptures
2: and see out of the you ordinary. Don't. <laughs>
0: sure. Swing by the bus terminal, see if there's any good-looking young men
3: yeah, that I want to absolutely. learn in my car. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was really going to look at
3: ice sculptures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, I was
2: really uh, I was, I was buying
1: that. McCoy was traveling from Michigan to Omaha. Gacy took McCoy on a sightseeing tour of Chicago and then drove him to his home with the promise that he could spend the night and would be driven back to the station in time to catch his bus. Prior to McCoy's identification, he was known simply as, quote, Greyhound Busboy. Gacy claimed he woke up early the following morning to find McCoy standing in his bedroom doorway with a kitchen knife in his hand. He then jumped from his bed, and McCoy raised both arms in a gesture of surrender, tilting the knife upwards and accidentally cutting Gacy's forearm. He then twisted the knife from McCoy's wrist, banged his head against his bedroom wall, kicked him against his wardrobe, and walked towards him. McCoy then kicked Gacy in the stomach, doubling him over. Gacy then grabbed McCoy, wrestled him to the floor, and then stabbed him repeatedly in the chest as he straddled him. As McCoy lay dying, Gacy claimed he washed the knife in his bathroom and then went to the kitchen and saw an open carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on the kitchen table. McCoy had also set the table for two. He had walked into Gacy's room to wake him.
0: So it was just the, the McCoy was just trying to make him breakfast. Right. And then went to like go wake Gacy up and be like, hey, I'm making breakfast. And Gacy wakes up and just automatic just assaults this kid and kills him. Yeah. That is, yeah. He thought
1: ugh. Gacy thought he was trying to rob him or do something to him.
0: Now, is that that's Gacy's recount of this or account right. of this? Okay. Yeah. So Gacy admits that this kid might have been trying to make him just breakfast.
1: Yeah, he fully says, like, this kid was making me breakfast, and I I thought he was trying to do something else.
0: Wow. That's crazy.
1: Gacy buried McCoy in his crawlspace and later covered his grave with a layer of concrete. In an interview several years later after his arrest, Gacy stated that immediately after killing McCoy, he felt, quote, totally drained. Yet noted as he listened to the, quote, gargulations as McCoy lay gasping for air that he experienced a, quote, mind-numbing orgasm as he stabbed him. He also he also added quote That's when I realized that death was the ultimate thrill. So if this kind of mix up accident had never happened,
0: yeah, maybe he, he might ever went down that path. Yeah, this sexual gratification from a kill. Jesus.
1: And there's other guys that this ha- that this has happened with too, where the first time is an accident where they go too far with something and they accidentally mm-hmm. kill someone, and then it like clicks in their head like, oh wait, that was that was great. This is yeah. what I've been looking to do the whole time.
0: So- What's weird with this one, though, is that, like, he was asleep, right? And he woke up and saw this kid standing in his doorway with a knife. Like, this wasn't necessarily at that moment something he was doing that went too far. Yeah, right. He woke up from a sleep, somehow thought he was being attacked, killed this kid, and got off on it. He's like, I like That's this. That's so weird.
2: Is it possible that one of us are predisposed to loving murder? We just don't know it because we never killed anyone yet. Is that possible for a lot
1: of people? It's a deep question. Maybe man. it is. I'm sure there has to be a selection of society out there that yeah. have psychopathic traits or sociopathic traits, and it's just kind of laying dormant. So you're probably not going to act on them, but if
2: one day you accidentally kill someone, you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking great. Lead yeah. you down that path.
0: I can't put myself mentally in touch with that feeling, huh. but, you know, I mean, who knows? You fucking... Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check out their online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. And remember, they roast, you just brew.
1: Because we don't know the full details of every murder we're going to talk about in part two, figured this would be a good time to touch on Gacy's general M.O. going forward. Gacy is known to have murdered at least 33 young men and boys, 26 of whom were buried in the crawl space. He typically abducted his victims from Chicago's Greyhound bus station, Bug House Square, or just simply off the streets. Some victims were grabbed by force or tricked into believing that Gacy, who often carried a sheriff's badge, and had spotlights on his black Oldsmobile, was a policeman. I hate those fake fucking assholes that drive yeah. around with the stupid spotlights oh, on their car. Oh, I do too. They to yeah. want to be cops.
2: Yeah. Or they buy old police fucking Crown Vicks. And yeah. The fuck off the road, fuck dude. Fuck you. Yeah.
0: You know what you're doing when you buy one yeah, of those. 100%. Fuck out of here.
1: Other victims were lured to Gacy's house with either the promise of a job at his contracting business or an offer of drinks, drugs, or money for sex. The victims usually were lured to his house alone, although on approximately three occasions, Gacy had what he called, quote, doubles, which was murdering two victims in the same evening. Mm. Mike had doubles and collars. Is that the same
2: thing? Or, I, well, I called them twins. but Twins. You call them? <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs>
1: Inside Gacy's home, his usual was to produce alcohol or drugs to gain trust of these boys. Gacy would then produce a pair of handcuffs to show a magic trick, sometimes as part of a clown routine. He typically cuffed his own hands behind his back and then surreptitiously released himself with the key, which he hid between his fingers. Then he offered to show his intended victim how to release himself from the handcuffs. With his victim cuffed and usually unable to free himself, Gacy then made the statement to the effect of, quote, the trick is you have to have the key. And he would show him the key afterwards.
3: Oh man!
1: Gacy referred to this act of restraining his victims as the "quote handcuff trick."
0: Oh, real well thought out there, Gacy. <laughs> Goddamn, pal.
1: PSA from your pal Dave, uh,
2: listeners: don't let uh, don't let anyone handcuff you.
0: Yeah, ever. Yeah, don't ever. Do that. Don't play that game. I mean, be into whatever you're into, but
2: they got to be fuzzy, uh, uh, fuzzy handcuffs that you can self let yourself out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not real ones.
0: Fucking uh,
3: Michael Scott in the uh, straight jacket (laughs) when he's got the key in his mouth.
1: (laughs) Having restrained his victim, Gacy proceeded to rape and torture his captive. He frequently began by sitting on the chest before forcing his victim to give him oral sex. He then inflicted acts of torture, including burning with cigars, making his captives imitate a horse as he sat on their back and pulled upon makeshift reins around their necks and violation with foreign objects such as dildos and prescription bottles after he had sodomized his captive. To immobilize the legs of his captive prior to engaging in acts of torture, Gacy frequently secured their ankles to a 2x4 with handcuffs attached at each end. Several victims were dragged or forced to crawl into his bathroom where they were partially drowned in the bathtub before Gacy repeatedly revived them, enabling him to continue his prolonged assault. That's, that is absolutely terrifying. Yeah.
0: Reviving them just to fucking torture them oh some more. Oh, my God. That's sadistic. Oh.
1: Gacy typically murdered his victims by placing a rope tourniquet around their neck before progressively tightening the rope with a hammer handle. He referred to this act as the quote, rope trick, frequently informing his captives, quote, this is the last trick. God damn. Yeah, he really got off on that uh, poking at them like, Talking shit while he was doing all He's this like stuff. He's like a drama too. queen. He's yeah. like
2: doing a, this a one man stage show
1: here. Gacy occasionally read sections from the 23rd Psalm as he tightened the rope around his captive's neck.
0: So that would be like what? Psalm 23, Dave? Like what? what is that?
1: Yeah, that's the old, uh, the Lord is my shepherd,
2: I shall not want. Wow, ah, that Psalm. old gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Great thing to hear as you're dying. Yeah, you right. And Thanks. being tortured and then yeah. revived yeah. and yeah. then killed again
1: according to gacy sometimes the victim convulsed for quote an hour or two before dying although several victims died from asphyxiation from cloth gags stuffed deep into their throats with the exceptions of his first and last victims all were murdered between 3 a.m and 6 a.m after death the victim's bodies were typically stored beneath his bed for up to 24 hours before gacy buried the victim in the crawl space Where he periodically poured quicklime to speed up the decomposition of the bodies. The bodies of some victims would be taken to the garage and embalmed prior to their burial.
2: Letting someone convulse for an hour or two is just beyond horrific torture.
1: Yeah, it's
0: bad. Uh, Yeah, off the scale. And just being like fine with it, like just watching a person just suffer like that. Yeah. To me, that I mean, that's worse than just going up and shooting someone because you're just watching them slowly die awful and just to not show any remorse
1: after the 1972 murder Gacy later stated the second time he committed murder was around January 1974 this victim is still unidentified Gacy strangled this victim before putting his body in his closet prior to burying him he later stated that bodily fluids leaked from the mouth and nose of this victim while stored in the closet staining his carpet Oh, how As inconvenient a result- for him. He had stained <laughs> yeah, his carpet. Right?
2: Well, it's have Stanley Steamer come over the next day clean that right up.
1: <laughs> As a result, Gacy regularly stuffed cloth rags or underwear of victims in their mouths to prevent this leakage from occurring. By 1975, PDM was expanding rapidly and Gacy was working up to 16 hours per day. In March 1977, he became a supervisor for PE Systems, a firm specializing in remodeling drugstores. Between P.E. Systems and P.D.M., Gacy worked on up to four projects at once and frequently traveled to other states. And just to give an idea of like his success with his construction business, by 1978, P.D.M.'s annual revenue was over $200,000. That's
2: pretty good for 1978 in today's dollars. He's a successful yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's a smart, successful guy if he wasn't just put, uh, a fucking weirdo sure. creep murderer.
1: And much of the labor workforce for PDM consisted of high school students and young men. That's weird. That's weird. Convenient.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, they're strong, able-bodied men. (laughs) They they can get things done. That's true. They can. They can get him done. Gacy.
1: (laughs) Gacy would often ask his workers for sex or insist on sexual favors in return for acts such as loaning of vehicles, financial assistance, or promotions. He also claimed to own guns, telling one employee, Arthur Peterson, quote, do you know how easy it would be to get one of my guns and kill you and how easy it would be to get rid of the body?
0: Mm. Okay. If you play with
1: my wiener, I'll let you borrow my
0: car. (laughs) Or I'll just kill you. I'll kill you.
1: Fucking pedos. Gacy became active in local Democratic Party politics. Initially offering the labor services of his employees to clean up party headquarters for free. He was rewarded for his community service by being appointed to serve on Norwood Park Township Street Lighting Committee, subsequently earning him the title of precinct captain. So it's a again Bigwig. Yeah. yeah again evolved. he's moving up yeah. in politics. Yeah, right. In nineteen seventy five, Gacy was appointed director of Chicago's annual Polish Constitution Day Parade. He supervised the annual event from 1975 until 78. Through his work with the parade, Gacy met and was photographed with First Lady Rosalind Carter on May 6, 1978. She signed one photo to Gacy, quote, to John Gacy, best wishes, Rosalind Carter. <laughs> this
0: poor Rosalind
1: Carter. Right.
0: This lady has a track record of <laughs> not great pictures and meetings of people. It's very true. Who else did she meet, Mike? Well, I think, well... I want Ian to tell us. I know I actually do know who it is, but it's, you know, it's Ian's bread and butter. So Rosalind Carter, most famous in
1: good old Jim Jones, Jim
0: Jones, (laughs) Jonestown, three parts available in the archives.
1: Yeah. She showed up at the People's Temple opening in San Francisco and Jim got a louder applause than she did.
0: This poor lady.
1: She had multiple phone calls with them that were recorded and she sent him a letter and everything else. She was, she was all on the Jim Jones train for a bit there.
0: Well, in all fairness to the Carter, well, I guess it's not in fairness necessarily. Not the most popular presidency. So, you know. Very underrated though. Charismatic Jim Jones. Well, Dave, we'll save that for a conversation <laughs> on politics with Mike and Dave. Sure. A look back that. at presidential history, Colin. The Mike and Dave show. <laughs> Colin drunk history. Rosalind Carter, not not off to a great start with uh, Jim Jones and uh John Wayne Gacy here. Did you ever see her
2: photo shoot with uh Charles Manson and Esquire from I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: I, was <gonna> like, <laughs> I was
0: like, No.
1: This event later became an embarrassment to the United States Secret Service, as in the pictures taken, Gacy can be seen wearing an S pin indicating a person who has been given special clearance by the Secret
2: Service.
0: Yeah,
3: good call, guys. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Real good.
1: It's a good it's a good picture
2: too. We'll post that
0: for sure. I gotta fucking find that post that one he's not
2: he's not even looking at her really he's like looking off to the side it's an odd picture he's probably looking at some fucking teenage boy yeah well of course he's
0: like ooh look at that stud I'm gonna kill this
2: kid later I'm not worried about the first lady
0: (laughs) oh yeah he's not like yeah motherfucker you're meeting the first lady yeah right Rosalind Carter is a little bit of a cutie she's a good looking woman sure wow I don't think she gets enough credit meanwhile she's fucking banging the peanut farmer who had one testicle (laughs) Any doodles.
1: Gacy also belonged to a local moose club. And through this membership, he became aware of a, quote, Jolly Joker clown club whose members regularly performed at fundraising events and parades in addition to voluntary entertaining hospitalized children. In late 1975, Gacy joined the Jolly Jokers and created his own performance character, Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown. And that is where we will pick back up on part two. Pogo and Patches.
0: Damn. People are salivating for more. This is
1: a crazy ass story. Fun fact about Pogo, he came up with that name because he's Polish and he's always on the go. God damn.
0: Okay. (laughs) Whatever you got to do, Pally. I'd be Pally the Clown. I'd be my my gimmick. But I'd be fun loving. Like I wouldn't, you know, rape your kids. You wouldn't? Oh, of that's nice. You wouldn't kill anybody. <laughs> be Probably benevolent. Like what a small guy. <laughs> yeah. I just you know I'd show up at your parties and I'd make you laugh and you know. You I'd, wear
2: your red nose. You wouldn't touch the peepees of the little
0: ones. I would that's just nice see slowly, you know, drop in mentions of you know becoming a juggalo and what it meant for the clown life and <laughs> you know, and then I'd, I'd give your kids some cards and then I'd just walk out and hmm. that would be it. And then you know recruit for the juggalo nation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't even know what you're saying, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that would be it. That'd be the the worst thing I had, would do upon humanity is that I gain a couple more juggalos.
2: He's drinking uh Faygo right now. He's I wish. On open. I
0: wish. <laughs> so that's uh that's a hell of a base we just laid there. That's like, what she said. <laughs> so for like the first part, like we already got into like all the good stuff. We still got a few parts to go.
1: Yeah, next week we'll get into we'll get into Pogo the Clown. We'll get into the one and only young man that saw Gacy dressed as Pogo the Clown and survived to tell about it, and then a a good bulk of the murders Mm. in part two. Is there a voice
2: for Pogo the Clown?
1: Like, I'm Uh, Pogo
2: the Clown!
1: I was thinking maybe Barney Dave would be (laughs) a good one for that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, boys and girls, I'm Pogo the Clown!
2: Jesus.
0: And he's going to rape them, steal them of their innocence, and fucking murder them.
2: Don't pay attention to my penis, boys and
1: girls. (laughs) story's brutal.
0: All right. It's only going to
1: get worse from here.
3: Yeah.
0: You got anything else to add to part one? I do feel bad for Rosalind Carter. Got the short end of the stick. That's who you feel bad for. I do. Well, (laughs) I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel bad for some of the well, victims too. Well, All the victims, but we haven't even gotten to most right. of the victims yet. Suit yourself, this poor pal. lady. Whatever. Ian, you got anything else to add to uh, part one of John Wayne Gacy?
1: Nope. I think we covered covered everything for part one.
0: Did it feel good, Ian, to get back to like some serial killers, back to a little bit of what you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, it felt good.
0: <laughs>
1: it felt good. It felt like we laughed a lot tonight. We've been like super serious for six weeks so
0: it was hard to have some fun with some of those ones Dave you got anything else for uh part one old Gacy
1: no no
0: that's all I got all right I'm done okay (laughs) that's all we got we are tapped out we Um, have given you all (laughs) we have nothing else that was all right it was a fun show this was a good one I think I hope I don't fucking care (laughs) whatever people are gonna listen (laughs) Jesus Christ whatever patreon.com slash necronomapod we got a couple shout outs this week thank you to haley hyatt and anna we appreciate you guys so much we are at patreon.com slash necronomapod there is the one dollar five dollar and ten dollar tiers we appreciate anything you guys are willing to uh subscribe to ian uh, you got any shout outs
1: i'm all caught up on my itunes shout outs i got nothing
0: boom that is how we do it dave you got any last things you want to plug No. No. (laughs) Tune in next week. (laughs) Do you want me to say something? No, I I just felt bad. I just felt bad. I had nothing to throw to you for. Tune in next week. That's all I got. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with uh, part two.
1: All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer?
0: Cheers.